welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. Kat, I'm excited to see you. We're actually recording midday today, which is not our usual. It's so nice to see you when I have caffeine in me. <laughs> and the sun is shining. <laughs> Lovely. So today we are super excited and honored to welcome Mpume Nubedaka as our guest today. Mpume is the founder and CEO of Change Conversation. She is a change coach, business strategist, and facilitator. As a change coach, she helps people find fulfillment and success. She helps people to embrace change in their lives, be honest with who they are, have amazing careers, and lead fulfilling lives. She has over 25 years of work experience across various fields and sectors, including finance, marketing, and business strategy. And Pume's role is to facilitate the thinking process and guide people by asking difficult questions that allow them to assess situations and challenges in front of them. The most gratifying aspect of her role is working with people to drive the best decisions for their growth and development. Apart from her corporate work, she has a huge passion for personal growth and development and women's empowerment. Welcome, Mpume. Liz and I are so thrilled to have you on the show today. Uh, I know we're going to learn a lot from you, and this whole topic of communication is mm -hmm. always timely and always important. So please welcome, 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 and please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you decided to become a change coach. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. At least I, I made sure I'm on the other side of the world because <laughs> I'm, based in, I'm based in South Africa, Johannesburg. And hence, you guys are recording during the day on your side. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Thank you. So thank, thank you for having me. So I've, I've, I've embraced change since I was young. Literally, I was thinking about it the other day since I was 11, when that's when it really um, shows up in my life. And this is when um, growing up, I thought I'll be a doctor. And then when I, I, I started school quite young, so at age 11, I was actually starting our high school. Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered I wasn't good in mathematics and I needed to change direction. And I then ended up moving in accounting direction. And, and the story just keeps changing and changing and changing. Mm -hmm. So there's so much that I've done in, in my career journey. And and now I'm a change I'm a change in a, a, a career coach and I never thought about that ever <laughs> um, and it's something just that creeped up on me so I tell a story that at university we used to laugh at um, people that did humanities yeah. because we were commerce students we were science students and we mm -hmm. thought we were much cleverer than anybody else <laughs> more serious now, more serious than those humanities students right. Exactly. Like, what's up with sociology and, and psychology? <laughs> that was my major, psychology. <laughs> I feel insulted. <laughs> and now I'm embracing people and, mm -hmm. and it's the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Yeah. It's Wonderful. amazing how things come together. Uh, it is. And I feel like sometimes with people they go down one path, it doesn't work, The path, and their path eventually finds them, and it sounds like that's what happened with you. 
I think so. And and with hindsight, Liz, um, I now now I know why I've had to go the journey that I did. Yeah. Because I've changed careers so many times. Started mm-hmm. off in finance, moved into marketing, moved into business strategy and product management, and now I'm in the coaching space. Mm-hmm. So now I can really have authentic conversations with my clients because I've walked the journey yes. and I've embraced the change. And that for me is like, okay, now it makes sense. Once I was doing it, it was just for the fun of it. I, okay. I had no clue what which way it was going. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. You picked up all these different pieces of experience that now allow you to do what you're doing. If you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have the breadth of understanding and connection with your clients that you have today. Very true. And I'm really grateful for that. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting too, because the the types of roles that you've had are very like on the opposite side of the spectrum, like between, um, you know, finance and accounting or any kind of technical specialty versus marketing, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you a yeah. breadth, it gives you a breadth of experience that my guess is helps you to be able to support people in different functions in business because you have a broader sense of how overall business works. Um, and then also just the ability, like the ability to accept that change is the name of the game. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I've been alive for uh probably longer than I care to admit on this podcast. But, you know, the the one thing that, and we've talked about this before in high school, and this is going to date me, but in high school, we read this book called Megatrends by John Naismith. So this is back in the eighties. And, and one of the, one of the best pieces of advice that I received when I was 16 years old was change is going to happen and change is going to happen faster than we expect it. And the best thing you can do is develop the skill to be able to uh, adapt to change and to be resilient and flexible. And, and I, I'm so grateful we read that book because it really has shaped my, um, my ability to personally navigate change, as well as to be able to support people who I work with, you know, to support my clients who are navigating change. So I am very interested in this topic and um, just super excited to talk to you today. Thank you. And all of your experience does really well as a business owner. And now you're Mm -hmm. a business owner as well. And so all of that comes together in your building your own company. So one of your areas of expertise is helping clients to understand and navigate workplace relationships. And I am pretty sure that you've been doing a lot of that in the last few years, but Today's workplace is so different than it was even three or four years ago, but it's really changed over the breadth of all of our careers. So what's some high level advice that you give when someone says, I don't know how to, I don't know how to work around this workplace. Like what, what is the advice you give for navigating today's workplace? I think the most important thing for me is taking the time to relate to people as human beings. Yes. Yes. And and I think that is at the core of anything. Um, taking out the noise that comes with the workplace and just getting to know somebody as a human and relating to them as a human. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't matter where they sit in the grading scheme, are they an executive or are they 
um, a receptionist or a janitor, as you guys will say in in, mm-hmm. in the US. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And how do you relate to people as human beings first mm-hmm. before you really then start talking about work? So do you think that, like, is that a common communication norm across the company? Like, this is how we interact or this is mm-hmm. how we work together. Like, where does that come from, that connection? Because I agree. I get to know you. I understand you. I, I talk to you. How do you, simple things like, do you like email or Slack or text? Like knowing how someone yeah. likes to work and under, seeing them as a person. But in terms of organizational behavior, how do we figure out our workplace in order to navigate around and communicate around the workplace in a way that it reflects, right? Yeah. So some of it is is integrated in the culture of the business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you you find there are cultures where um, the communication is not very informal. And, and people then relate at that level. But it's ingrained in, in, in the DNA of the business. And then you find other spaces where it's all formal. People might still be addressed as say and, and ma'am. And, and, and that as well comes through. And, and I think the cultural nuances, and I've seen it when I've traveled across Africa and the rest of Africa, there are nuances that are very glaring in how you then relate and communicate with people. So you need to understand that part. And once you understand that, then you also bring who you are, your authentic self into the, into the space. So how do you figure it out? Like what, what are some keys to figuring out a specific company's communication norms or how they operate so that you can assimilate or bring yourself into it? So I think some of it have honest conversations. As part of the interview, you ask what the culture of the organization is. Do we address people at first name basis? Um, How do we we engage when there's challenges? Um, Are we the kind of people that will scream and shout? Or are we the kind of people that will sit down and have um, a civil conversation? And and how does feedback work? Because mm-hmm. a bulk of communicating is about receiving feedback and asking for feedback from other people. Other spaces have got a very formal way of that. And others and other spaces, it's literally just having those conversations at an ad hoc and, and in a very informal um, space, but I think engage and ask because when you're assessing that at a interview level, it helps you understand whether is this the place you want to work for or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, question to ask in an interview because you know it's feedback is very important, and if it's only given once a year during oh. the annual review process. That's important to know because that may not be the right environment for some people. Uh, I personally, you know, would, you know, I, I personally try to give feedback to my team uh, immediately, right? Like and in the process and as much as possible. And I want feedback too. And that's, you know, knowing that about knowing, knowing who you are. We talk about this a lot on, on Real Job Talk, knowing who you are and what your values are 
are really important. And it's your, it's your job as the interviewer to make sure that you ask the right questions to know whether or not you're, you're walking into a, a company that has values that are in alignment for you. I think that, you know, feedback is a really important piece of, of how a company does, you know, how a company's culture does line up. Totally. Yeah. Or even I, a manager. Um, because I always say to people, when you go for an interview, it's not just the company interviewing mm-hmm. you, you are also interviewing the organization. So find mm-hmm. as much about it, get a sense of the energy, even with the people that are interviewing you and get a sense of the place so that you can decide if that's the place for you. Totally. I always tell people, your life changes, theirs doesn't. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have the information that you need in order to make the best decision for your life, because you may have the skills they need, but they may not have whatever you need. So it's Thank not you. a fit. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't fit. And no amount of convincing should be able to change that. Yeah. So let's, you know, since we're talking about interviewing, let's talk about career changes. What do you recommend? Hmm. What do you recommend for people to do to make successful career changes and transitions? I mean, yeah. you know, one, you know, probably make sure that you're interviewing them and making sure that your values are aligned, what we just discussed. But what else? Yeah. But career changes versus job changes are different. And so True. you've navigated that so beautifully. Help us learn how to do it well. <laughs> and it was never intentional because it happened. But I look back and I think, okay, those are the things that I thought about. I think one of the biggest things is it's it's self-awareness, knowing Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Knowing you is at the core of it. Because if you know you, you know things that excite you, you know things that you really do not like doing, and 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 you know things that you're just it's okay, but it really doesn't rock your boat. So ideally you want to get to a point where um, you're doing things that excite you and also make you money, you know, because that's that's what it's all about. And, and the other part of it, I was reading something and, and I think this made sense for me where it's about also knowing your skills, because when you do a career change, you either want to focus on the skills that you might have because other people are like, don't tell me about passions and stuff. Maybe I might never make money out of doing my passion. And that's okay. Yes. But other people will really focus on using their skills and strengths to make money. So if you know that part, then you choose um, those careers that will either bring up the things that you love, which are your passions or your interests, or that will focus on either your skills or your strengths. But let's make the money and not just do things. Thank you for saying that, because I think so much of the information out there is about follow your heart and follow your dreams and what makes you happy. Um, Yeah, the mortgage, like I got to pay for stuff. So I need to find if I love painting, but I'm not that good at it. I can paint on the weekend, make myself very happy and then go to my day job. Like, it's okay to have a day job that you enjoy, that you get fulfillment out of. Like, all of those things are important. But you but, don't have to find all of the meaning in your life from your job. And 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 I, I highly recommend that 
you don't try to find all the meaning of your life for your job because we're so much more than our jobs and our careers as humans. We're human beings, right? Yes. I just said this to my kid the other night, last night, last (laughs) night. Why do I have to learn about biology and cells? It doesn't matter. I'm never going to use it. Yada, yada, yada. He's going, he's not doing well in science. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, it's education. I said, sometimes school, work, it, it's a means to an end, but you will find that the beauty and the most wonderful things in life are what you do with your friends and with your family mm-hmm. and those little moments. So you want to find a job that you enjoy so that you can afford and relax and have the little moments. If you're worrying about food security or something, it's harder to enjoy those little moments. But yeah, education and work, it's all about a means to an end to enjoy life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's still not doing well in science and did not buy what I was selling, but maybe he'll listen someday. <laughs> so being able to communicate effectively is one of the most important skills in today's work world. I mean, it's come out time and time again that adaptability is the number one skill that you need in the workplace. Um, And so thank you for helping people be better communicators. So tell us more about the ABCs of effective communication in the workplace. What do you think are the, those top things that you, that you're telling people and that you've been publicizing? So uh, the, the biggest thing is communicate, um, communication, there's the interpersonal element of Mm -hmm. communication. And and that is is critical, and there's that verbal and nonverbal interaction that happens, and and as a people, because we are social beings, um, we want to be heard. It's all mm-hmm. about being heard. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm making sense or not, whether you agree with me or not, but I want you to hear me, right? Because if you hear me, then maybe we can collaborate better. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can trust enough. Um, we can have a good relationship. The relationship element also then comes through. So, so for me, it becomes an element of saying, be good at also listening. Be good at also just giving people the time to hear their opinions. You might not agree with it. You might not agree with them. But hearing what somebody else is saying is the biggest gift that you can give to anybody. Amen. And clarifying mm-hmm. to make sure you're hearing what they're saying. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we say words and Kat might hear it one way and you may hear it another way and we haven't heard each other. So I want to go down the rabbit hole of listening because I think listening is actually the key to effective communication mm-hmm. versus the people yeah. who just talk and talk and talk. Um, <laughs> so how does someone become a better listener and how do they know when they're not very good at it? You become a, a good listener by being present, right? Mm. When somebody is talking to you, you're there. You're not on your phone. You're not on your email. You're not on something else. And at this day and age, it's a very difficult thing to do because as human beings, we're all over the place. You're already thinking about what am I cooking for dinner? And somebody is having a meeting with you and your mind is somewhere else. So trying to be present at that, mm-hmm. at, at that moment in time, for me, is, is one of the elements. 
And and as you said, the clarifying, clarifying what somebody is saying. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Because is is one of the most powerful questions that you can mm-hmm. ask. Because what it means to you, Liz, and what it means mm-hmm. to me is totally different. So that for me becomes an important element, as well as being able to to listen to the things that somebody is not saying. Mm-hmm. And really, and, and as a coach, that's one of the things that really comes through. And um, there are things that people um, are not verbalizing, but you can either hear it in their tone, mm. you can see the body language, you, 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 and also your intuition plays into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really then shining the light on those things that are not being said. Mm-hmm. Tell me more is one of my favorite um, things to say too, because that encourages people to, you know, it tells them that you're listening, you're curious, uh, and that you want to hear what they have to say. And, you know, all relationships start with mutual respect yeah, and, and, and being seen and heard. And, and it's not about you. Mm-mm. You know, you know that line when somebody tells you the story, and the next minute you're telling them your story, your version mm-hmm. of that story. It's not about you, and mm-hmm. and being able just shush and be quiet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and really just be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me is the most important thing. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, that we all need to build. And, and I see it more with my kids. Mm-hmm. I've got a 10-year-old son and my son will be, mommy, I am talking to you, please listen. Mm-hmm. And I literally have to put things down and look him in the eye and engage with him. Mm-hmm. And then I can see that he appreciates that. And most of the time we are, we are absent-minded and mm-hmm. and really not and not pre- and not present in mm-hmm. in conversations. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have people for being and staying present? Do do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh wow, words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think not making it about you, right? Um, when somebody is is having a conversation. Um, and and you're seeing them. It's for me. It's about seeing them, and it's not making it about you. I think those are the most important things, mm-hmm. because when you do that, even your biases and everything else that comes uh, with you, you pack those, and you just hear what the person is saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so big, and and because input is coming from everywhere, and I. I think it's hard, like in a meeting, especially in this remote world, and you've got Slack pinging and email pinging and text pinging. And so you're multitasking. Mm. And so you're half listening, which isn't full listening and doesn't get you the ability to look at someone's body language or whatever. And and then you tune in because they said something that like triggered you. It's such a waste of time. I'd rather have a quick a 15 minute focus meeting than a 30 minute meeting where everyone's multitasking. But that again, speaks to company culture and it has to come from the top where everybody's turning off Slack and nobody's expected to get back right away. Like this instant gratification culture is making people worse listeners in my opinion. And I agree with that. And, and I think for me, the element of if 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 it's mainly remote, an element of having your 
video on goes oh, a long way. So far. Mm-hmm. And having to have those big letters <laughs> and you're not sure whether the person is listening to you, whether they are there or they're in their bathroom or they're yeah. brushing their teeth right. or whatever. You've got no clue what is happening behind the scenes. Right. And, and how many times do you say something and somebody goes, oh, yeah, what was that about? And you're like, they had no clue what was happening. You know, because they're probably making dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I mean, I I have said I've been in a few meetings with like no camera muted and I'm totally doing something else. Like, I mean, we've all done it. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the multitasking world that we've been in. But I think I think you have a point there, Liz. Earlier, you said, you know, instead of a 30 minute meeting, you know, how about how about fewer meetings? more more commitment to actually being present uh when you do when when you do participate in the meetings and that that can make a huge difference in in how people relate to each other right yeah and and i agree with that so i prefer i prefer the 30 minute meetings even 15 minute meetings mm-hmm. because i'm a very factual person so i walk in i greet how is everybody doing and let's get into it you know yes um, and let's focus on what we need to focus on. And then everybody goes and, and does what they need to do. And and Liz, you keep talking about multitasking. As I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't want to multitask anymore mm-hmm. because I can never do anything well mm-hmm. and properly. And now I find myself um, sitting, focusing on one task and finishing it. And having that sense of, okay, I've done this properly. I don't even need to recheck because I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Then I move on to something else. Yes. I think the, the story that have been, we've been sold about multitasking, but this is my own perspective. I think it's just, it causes chaos because there's no focus on anything. I agree and with you're you completely. Yeah. On anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and for me now is one task, get it done, get it finished and move on to something else. Yes. Mm-hmm. that ca- I block my calendar and I will turn off all the other stuff and I'll focus. And wow, do things get done? And with fewer mistakes, it's amazing mm-hmm. what happens. And I exactly. feel finished and I, you know, I'm done. I think most of us need more of that, more of that time in our calendar, whether we're business owners or employees, uh, knowing that we can block off our calendar and actually carve out the time the way that is going to support us best is Mm -hmm. super important. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what advice you have for people who may be stuck or frustrated in their career. And they, they know they might need to make a change, but they might be lacking motivation to do so. What do do you have any, um, I'm sure you have some thoughts there. (laughs) Um, I think, I think the biggest the biggest thing is figuring out what is the cause of being stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Because being stuck for Lise or Kate or for myself is, mm-hmm. is different. So mm-hmm. what does stuck look like for you, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. Because you can be stuck because maybe you're not getting promotion, you're feeling that you're, you're stagnating, you've been in one um, job for a long time. You can be stuck because you're not seeing opportunities or maybe you're feeling that you're being overlooked. There are so many reasons why you can be stuck. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the bottom of that first before we start wanting to implement 
um, a, a plan or action something. So for me, I think that's one of the critical things. The other element is is really um, asking yourself, if you're stuck, what are you doing? How are you getting out of, how can you get out of that hole? And getting out of that hole may come through by you creating goals that will take you out of, of your familiar space, right? And now you're challenging yourself into doing something different. Okay. And that then triggers other things in your mind to say, okay, if I can do one, two, three, four, that is different to the norm. Then there's an excitement that comes with that. So for me, that that's another element. Another element is also really asking yourself, why do you wake up every day? Mm-hmm. Or wh- like, what's your why? You know, we make it sound so blasé and everybody talks about it. What is the exciting thing for you? And how do you get to a point where you remind yourself about that exciting thing on a daily basis so that if now you're feeling that that is not happening, then you find a way to shift yourself. And going back to that story about, so why are you stuck? You you get yourself procrastinating sometimes mm-hmm. and, and doing all sorts of things and, and fearing to, to challenge yourself into new things. But that's where the trick is at, because when you're doing that, that's when the excitement starts coming in and then you start pushing yourself out of that hole of being stuck. Mm. And do you think, I, I know you do a lot of work with women's empowerment and, and promoting women, but I think that some of the stuck stuff, and maybe I'm speaking from personal experience, comes from the load that women carry. And so sometimes we'll choose to be stuck so that we can have flexibility on another side or feel like we're balancing so carefully that if we change one thing, the balance will be all off. Um, And so if you could talk about your thoughts around feeling stuck vis-a-vis a woman's experience or what you see for women in the workplace. Yeah, so I think as women we choose we choose a lot of things, and and sometimes we're, and sometimes we're intentional about it. Mm-hmm. So you hear a lot about women are leaving the, the 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 workplace or corporate because they are wanting to spend time with family and do other things. That's a definite. It's a choice that somebody has made, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's not. They might not be feeling stuck. They are just making a choice that is working for them. And that's okay, right? Not all of us want to be CEOs of big listed companies and and we are content with where our life is at. So that for me is fine. But also as women, because we are, as you say, we are juggling so many things and that becomes an element of, not feeling comfortable with dropping some of the things. Mm -hmm. And and we like to be super women. Yeah. (laughs) We like to be super women. And and I keep saying, I keep saying, and I know this from my own personal experience, I keep saying we need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. We need to be comfortable with asking for help because playing superwoman really does not help. And not asking for help does not make you any weak. Mm-hmm. It actually yes. just helps you to be able to manage other things. If there are things that you can outsource in your life, 
outsource them Amen. without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. But oh, what usually yes. happens is we go down, and I've parented from a guilt perspective. Mm-hmm. I've done that a long time. Mm-hmm. And and that also doesn't help the relationship that you have, maybe with your children and other people, because you're coming from a guilt perspective. Yes. And, and you do things because you're guilty. So there's a lot of, we need to be kind to ourselves. Okay. Yes, and accept. And what I, what has helped me a lot with that, because I've been on that journey too, of feeling guilty or signing up for things at school because mm-hmm. I should. And then that thing is the thing that stresses me out. And now, like, so my teenager, my daughter is in band. There are band parents that are amazing. They do so much for the band. I don't. I I give money when I'm asked. I show up and cheer on, but I am in such gratitude to those band parents that make everything happen and show up when I just feel like that would put me over the edge or I just can't promise that I'll be there because that would unbalance me or whatever. And so instead of feeling guilty about not being a great band parent, which I'll make a a comment about myself being a terrible band parent, but I push pour that mostly into gratitude for the people mm. that are doing the work. And I also say, you know what? I bet they're not VPs mm-hmm. of a company. And mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. So their lives support them being awesome band parents. And I'm so grateful that we have them. Versus yeah. let me make sure I can be the best band parent too. Mm-hmm. And once I shifted that, some of that stress went away. Because yeah. I accepted myself as the crappy band parent that I am. Well, you said no to some things so that you're able to say yes to the things that are important to you, right? Sure. And thankfully, those people didn't. And my kids having an awesome experience in band. Mm-hmm. And thank, mm-hmm. like, and I say thank you to them. That's where we are. Well, and gratitude is so powerful, right? I mean, gratitude, like shifting, shifting from uh, all the all the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Of 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 maybe not not measuring up to the fabulous band parents, shifting from that to gratitude. Mm-hmm. What a constructive way to navigate that, Liz. Thank you. It's been hard, but <laughs> but I I do think when you feel stuck, what can I give up? Like mm-hmm. you said, like what what isn't working here, and so that you start saying yes to the things that mm-hmm. um that you want to say yes to versus you feel like you have to say yes to, because if you don't, you will be less than. Mm -hmm. And least think about it. It can never be a balance for me. Balance is a scale. Like Mm -hmm. what, what, like it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's about what's important at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So there's Mm -hmm. time where work will be very much important and be okay with that. Right. And there are times where um, work is not that busy and you're present for your parents, for your kids and, and everything else that you need to do. But be OK with that. But what we do, we get ourselves into a turmoil of wanting to have this balance and God forbid we'll find it like it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> It's just that it's true. How do you balance work and life? Yeah, don't. You figure out what works for you. And you you learn how to say yes or say no and and for a way that works for you. But there is no such thing. Yeah, some seasons yeah. you're going to be more focused on work. Some seasons you might have a personal issue that you need to really focus on. And it's more about 
finding that alignment, right? And and being able to have the freedom to to navigate what's required of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that like what you just said, it sums up everything that we've talked about. How do you figure out when it's time to change? How do you figure out how to communicate? Like taking stock of everything in order to go walk forward authentically in a way that works for you and works for the situation surrounding you. I feel like we could talk to you all day. Um, I feel like we could have you back 17 more times on different topics related to all this, because honestly, for everybody, our listeners, ourselves, this is a journey. Like none of these topics, whether it's communication or listening or change or being sex, these are constants throughout life. You never master any of them. You learn and you grow through and you practice. Yeah. And practice. Mm -hmm. And practice again. (laughs) And so thank you for teaching us today and for joining us during your your evening hours. And um, we've learned so much and, and we'd love to know, tell our listeners where they can find you and learn more from you. Thank you. And, and I've really enjoyed having um, been on. I love your guys' energy. So oh. as you say, we we could talk forever. Like I could I could really engage with you guys for a long time. Um, so yeah, so where do people find me? Um, on social media, um, my handles are Change Conversations with Impume on Facebook and Instagram, as well as I also have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And maybe I actually should invite you guys into my podcast. Okay. We must have that conversation. That would be fabulous. Yes, and I I loved listening to it. I learned so much. So definitely a podcast and YouTube channel and everything for people to check out. And also on the Instagram, at least on Instagram, on Tuesdays, you do a weekly live with very interesting people and interesting conversations. So check that out. Yes, I do. And, And they're so random. I never plan them. I literally just wake up and decide, oh, I think I must talk to this person. So it's random conversations. And that's what I love doing. And and my line is if I can impact one life with that conversation, I've done I've done what I was meant to do. Totally. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It really, really was a pleasure. And um, we look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great rest of your evening and thanks for joining us. Till next time. Bye. This is Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Facebook and Instagram at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kathleen Nelson Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat. And on LinkedIn, I'm Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm Liz B. Consult. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is produced by John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And thanks for joining us. Until next time.